More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Gonna tell it like it really is. We know Haney doesn't give a shit. Silencing critics, eliminate misses. Two chips never accept on shoulders to get better. Everybody knows the name. Read about it. We're golf teachers, Hall of Fame. Never doubt it. It's time for the truth. Here's our dude. You're listening to Haney. You're listening to Haney. You're listening to Haney. It's time for the truth, here's our dude. You're listening to Haney. Yeah. Listening to Haney. Hey. Right, welcome to the Hank Haney Podcast, brought to you by HaneyUniversity.com. Go to HaneyUniversity.com, register for my free instructional videos. They go out weekly and... Find out information about getting a golf lesson from me. Those are in full swing. My golf studio in Paradise Valley, Arizona. Having a great time teaching people. So uh, if you've got some desire to get better at golf, that is a way you can do it. Come and see me. I think my specialty is uh, fixing everyone who no one else can fix because I've been getting a lot of lessons like that. But I love it. And uh, it's fun. Can't wait for tomorrow because tomorrow's another full day of lessons for me. HaneyUniversity.com. All right. We are going to talk about John Rahm and the elevated event that was the Genesis Open at Riviera. One One of the iconic golf courses on the PGA Tour. The pros love Riviera. I uh, absolutely love it. I think Riviera is probably right up there with, well, it's probably Riviera number one. Uh, Muirfield Village is right up there too. I mean, those, those are the top two courses on the PGA Tour. No ifs, ands, buts about it. They love uh, Riv as it's referred to. And there's been a lot of great champions at Riv. Tiger has never won at Riv, which is kind of a, a, amazing. But... Uh, Always a good tournament at Riv. And the elevated events are delivering big time. Big time. Great fields. Uh, how could you do, you know, I mean, you got uh, John Rahm, Max Homa, Patrick Cantley, Will Zell Toros. Those are your uh, t- top four finishers at, at uh, Riviera. And a great field. Everybody but the LIV players there including Tiger Woods and the PJ Tour and golf in general is way better uh, already because of Live Golf. Make no mistake about it. That is has changed the landscape of professional golf 
the top players are now playing. They played at the Phoenix uh, Waste Management Open. They played again at Riviera. And this week you have the Honda Classic. Not an elevated event and not much of a field. So you've got uh, guys that have a chance to make a name for themselves at the Honda because there's not a lot of competition there. Uh, a lot of guys trying to reestablish themselves. A lot of young guys trying to establish themselves. In fact, three of the top 20 players and eight of the top 50. And of course, those are the world ranking numbers, which we all know. Uh, it really doesn't reflect the top 50 players in the world, but it's the top 50 players that are lucky enough to get points that actually play on the PGA Tour. And before we know it, uh, anybody that plays on Live Golf Tour will not be in the top 50. Uh, Dustin Johnson is already out, uh, and everybody else is dropping out as the weeks go by. But that's a that's a subject I have uh, been very vocal about. But that does not take anything away from the fact that the last two tournaments on the PGA Tour have been phenomenal. Phoenix Waste Management Open, Scotty Scheffler wins it. And then John Rahm wins at Riviera. And, and, and I think that when a player wins a PJ Tour event, it's an incredible feat, regardless of who's playing. When you win an elevated event now, I think that's going to be something that takes and carries a lot more weight because you know you've beat a really top field. I mean, let's face it. I mean, you can, you can win a PGA Tour event and beat next to no one, relatively speaking, in terms of the great players. But when you win at Riviera, you've, you've not only beat the great players, but you have also done it on a, a great golf course. And I always thought, like, uh, my good friend Mark O'Meara, uh, who was a student of mine for, for many, many years, uh, the fact that he won five times at the AT&T Pebble Beach, which used to be the Bing Crosby, was a big, big feather in his cap in that he's winning on a great golf course, an iconic golf course. And actually at the, at the uh, what used to be the Bing Crosby, they played you know, multiple golf courses, Spyglass and uh, Pebble Beach. And then, you know, it's... Uh, the third course has alternated through the years, but a great golf course is out in the Monterey Peninsula. But to win at Riviera, I think it, it holds a, a something a little bit special, at least for, for the players. I mean, they, they will remember that win. They'll remember any win, but I think if you win at Riviera, it, it's it's something something that is a little bit a uh, little bit more noteworthy. Now, John Rahm has won five of his last nine golf tournaments. And, of course, that is tremendous. That puts him number one in the world where I think he, in my mind, should have been probably earlier in the year and wasn't. Roy McIlroy held that spot. Then when Scotty Scheffler won at Phoenix, he took that spot. And now Rahm has, uh, has got it back, and he's got five wins of his last nine tournaments, which is pretty darn good. People call it Tiger-esque. Well, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's pretty good. No doubt about it. Better than pretty good. It's great. 
But Tiger won at that clip for a three-year period of time. And that is much different. Remember, there was one point when I was coaching Tiger Woods, I think he won seven tournaments in a row. They were wrapped around uh, uh, maybe a, a end of one season, beginning of the next, but, but seven tournaments in, in a row. But five of nine is tremendous. Great field at Riviera. No, no, no two ways about it. But I wonder if anybody has considered the fact that it's somewhat easier to win on the PGA Tour than it has been in recent years. Not not at the elevated events. I wouldn't say at the elevated events because the, the better players are playing there. But all these other PGA Tour events, with the fact that, that so many top players, and, and they're players that have won a lot of golf tournaments, have left for the LIV Tour, it's made it easier for guys to win on the PGA Tour, make their name on the PGA Tour, you know, kind of put their stake in the ground on the on the PGA Tour. You know, no, nobody seems to be be pointing that out, but that's definitely a uh, I, I, th- I think a fact. I mean, I don't think there's any any two ways about that. I mean, you know, Dustin Johnson and Cameron Smith and Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau and you know, throw anybody else else you want in in on that list. I mean, they're 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 not gonna all those players right there are not gonna go through a whole year on the PGA Tour and and win zero tournaments between them. So they've left tournament wins to somebody else, and that in fact by definition makes it easier to win on the PGA Tour than it has been in a long long time. Now. The elevated events are going to be harder to win because you're going to have a better field. And uh, th- that, that is, is for sure. There's no, no two ways about that. So John Rahm puts the formula together to win at Riviera that I always talk about. Uh, he was third in strokes gained tee to green. Just missed the top 10 in putting. He was 12th, so narrow, narrowly narrowly missed it. Third and 12th. He was first in strokes gains approach to the green. Uh, his driving accuracy. This is what – now, Riviera has fairways that are very, very narrow. They're like 27 yards wide, I think, on average. Something like that, I heard. So they're, they're narrow. But to show you how much of the game is a long ball hitting game, all you want to do is hit it in some fairways, be able to find your ball all the time, avoid penalty shots, avoid hitting it in the trees and having to chip out sideways, and hit it as far as you possibly can so that you have more lofted club out of the rough if you happen to be in the rough. That is is the nature of golf on the PGA Tour. I remember when I was coaching Tiger Woods and the absolute idiots in the golf media used to give me so much shit about the fact that Tiger Woods was not hitting a lot of fairways. And in, in fact, they, they, they would point out that Tiger Woods is – you know, every year they go, he's hitting less fairways with Hank Anywell. But meanwhile, they weren't pointing out the fact that 
every year the driving distance was going up. They, they failed to point that out. And by definition, if you drive the golf ball one yard longer next year, you will not hit as many fairways as you did last year. Won't happen. Because if your golf ball is going at any kind of an angle at all, add a yard to it, there's going to be some fairway that you miss because the ball went a yard large long. Of course, they didn't, they didn't point that out. That didn't fit their narrative. One of the, one of the reasons I have such a disdain for the, uh, the, the, golf, the golf media, and uh, it carries on to, to this day. I think you can tell that. But the point of my, my story here is, well, besides the fact that when they came up with the strokes gain statistics off the tee and you went back and looked at it, uh, during years that I coached Tiger Woods, he was fourth or in, in, in fifth and say sixth and tenth or whatever in strokes gained off the tee, regardless of the fairway percentage that he hit. But John Rahm uh, uh, at Riviera hit 41% of his fairways. That is not a very high number. That's just, that's just not a high number. But that's how the game has changed. You, you want to hit it out there as far as you can. Distance, remember this, distance is the most important factor in the game of golf. John Rahm, 41% of his fairways, shoots 17 under, 69 in the last round. Max Homa makes a, 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 a big uh, run at him. Uh, Max, Homa, Max Homa has a beautiful golf swing. He's a player that you absolutely have to cheer for. I, 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 I love this Max Homa guy. I, I love his golf swing. I love the way he plays golf. I like uh, how he is on social media. He, wa- he, he wanted to win at Riviera so bad. His family there, his friends there. Strokes gain putting, number one for Max Homa. Tee to green, 24th. That combo will not get you there. One and 24 equals 25. And John Rahm, three in strokes gained tee to green and 12 in putting equals 15. 15 added up putting and strokes gained tee to green and add up the same for Max Homa and you get 25. That's a comparison. That's all you need to know. Patrick Cantley loses by Three shots to John Rahm, Patrick Cantley, 34th in putting. You cannot win with 34th in putting, even when you're first in strokes gained tee to green. And you add those two numbers up, you get 35. Will Zalatoros loses by four. Sixth strokes gained tee to green, 24th in putting. Add those up, you get 29. And you easily can compare all these numbers and see that John Rahm wins the ball striking putting combo statistic that I always look at and uh, consider to be the deciding factor in whether or not a player wins or loses the golf tournament. And that holds true again at Riviera. And uh, Rahm is a player that you know he's got I think he's got 10 wins he's got the major I mean he he's he's uh you know you look he's it's just there's no logical way that John Rahm does not 
make it to the Hall of Fame. John Rahm's a Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame golfer. Now, my good friend Tommy Armour III told me a probably three years ago. Now, I already knew how good John Rahm was because I knew, you know, back to when he played college golf at, and I've told this story many times, but, you know, not everybody listens to every podcast I do, so I'll tell it again. But I remember going out to Desert Forest Golf Course. I was filming out there with some, some of my instructional videos one day. And after I got done, some of the people from the golf course proudly wanted to show me the golf course. And they drove me around the golf course. And I thought, this golf course is absolutely beautiful. In Scott, North Scottsdale, it's beautiful. Beautiful golf course. Drove me around the course. And I thought to myself, this has got to be one of the hardest golf courses I've ever seen in my life. I mean, it's so narrow, so narrow off the tees, and, and it's desert. I mean, it's lost ball, penalty shots. You might as well have out-of-bounds stakes left and right on every, every single hole. And then around the greens, just treacherous. And I said, well, what's the course record out here? And I, I looked in there in the pro shop, and there it was. It was a 68. I think it was Aaron Badley at the course record, 68. And I remember, it was probably about a month later, I was on Twitter, and uh, Tim Mickelson was a coach at Arizona State at the time, Phil Mickelson's brother, and he tweeted out one day, John Rahm was one of his players at, uh, at Arizona State, and Tim Mickelson tweeted out, congratulations, John Rahm, on a course record 62 at Desert Forest. I thought to myself, say What? John Rahm, a college golfer, broke a course record on as hard a golf course as I've ever seen in my life. He broke the course record by six shots on a golf. There's a ton of touring pros that play golf in Scottsdale, in Phoenix. And they all make their way around all these courses at some point or another. John Rahm broke a course record by six shots on a golf course that, that – all kinds of touring pros play and have played. And then when he turned pro, Phil Mickelson, he's one of the top five players in the world. And he really, you know, hadn't, hadn't even played in a pro tournament yet as a professional. He played it as an amateur. Actually, he played an amateur and had a, a couple really top finishes. I think he had a couple top ten finishes. So Rom's incredible. But Tommy Armour III, uh, my, my buddy, uh, has played the tour forever, Champions Tour, PGA Tour, two-time winner on the PGA Tour, won the Texas Open, he won the Phoenix Open back in the day. And Tommy plays, and uh, he actually represents Discovery Land Company, which is the uh, the absolute best golf community uh, company in the world, and not, it's not even a, not even close. There's nobody even running a, a close second to Discovery Land. Got golf courses all over that I've been lucky enough to be a member at. Uh, Vaquero in uh, in Dallas. Uh, they have a course over in uh, in Maui, in McKenna. Uh, they have uh, a course on the Big Island. Uh, they have a course at uh, Cabo San Lucas, uh, El Dorado, which I was a member at. It's just it's a great golf. A mission, the, uh, the 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 a golf course in uh, the Madison Club in Palm Springs. I mean, there's great golf courses everywhere. Anyway, all these guys, Tommy represents 
the Discovery Land Company, but all these guys play these golf courses, these touring pros do, because they love, first of all, a lot of them are memberships there and our own property there, Jordan Spieth, uh, Ricky Fowler, Justin Thomas, Phil Mickelson. These guys all play at these courses because they're, they're the best courses and they're the most fun courses to play and nobody ever plays them and they're in perfect shape and it just, you know. So Tommy was playing out at uh, over at McKenna and, and the, uh, on Maui. And he was playing with John Rahm and he played over there like three days in a row with him and he called me up and he says, he said, John Rahm's going to be the best, going to be number one player in the world. Now, Tommy's this, he's the one that told me back in the day, he said, uh, uh, Dustin Johnson's number one player in the world. This is this before anybody thought Dustin Johnson's going to be number one player in the world. Tommy told me Dustin Johnson's going to be number one player in the world. And I'm like, really? T- really, T.A.? I mean, you really think? And he, trust me, Dustin Johnson's going to be number one player in the world. Then, he, you know, I see him, he, he calls me again. He says, I played John Rahm for three days. Says, this guy's absolutely unbelievable. John Rahm's going to be number one player in the world. You can, you can bet. And John Rahm, he said, John Rahm's not going to be number one player just for a little while. He's not going to be there for like a hot minute. He's going to be, he's going to be up near the top for a long, long, long time. He said, this guy absolutely loves playing golf, and he is absolutely obsessed, obsessed with being great at golf and winning golf tournaments. And he has that mental part that, that, People talk about, you know, it's 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 for me, it's all about winning. It's all I care about is winning. I don't care about money. I just care about winning. And I, and people say that. And first off, it's easy for somebody to say when you've got all the money you could ever know what to do with or not, you know, you couldn't think of enough things to do with it. So so that's kind of a hollow statement when uh, when people say it, to be, to be honest with you, I mean, I, I I hear that, and I think you know, let me hear somebody say that that uh, you know that that doesn't have a lot of money. You know, as everybody says, oh, I just play for the tournaments. I just play for the win. Okay, well, I get it. Yeah, yeah, but you, but you got but you got a hundred million dollars. You know, so, so well, would you still say that if you didn't, or or you've got a path to a hundred million dollars? You know. Um, I mean, if you're if if you're a great player, you're going to make a ton of money, and especially now in professional golf, especially with these the way these purses have elevated on the PGA Tour, you know, everybody that went to live golf is making a ton of money. Everybody that stayed on the PGA Tour is making a ton of money. Everybody, everybody's the winner. And now there's all kinds of other ways where they're going to make money. You know, the PIP and the you know this this uh, TGL golf league thing that uh, Tiger and Rory are doing. They're building, uh, you know, the, a, a stadium, and they're going to do this uh, team thing. And this is all, you know, more ways for them to uh, to to take care of the top players. So they're all going to make make tons of money. But what I'm getting at is, is, is Tommy said to me, he said John Rahm. He he didn't he didn't he didn't playing for the money. He's playing for the championships. And people say that, but I saw that with Tiger. Now it was easy for Tiger to say he's playing for the championships when he signs a you know 
hundred million dollar or fifty million dollar or whatever it was contract with Nike right off the bat, and you're you know taken care of from from day one, it's easy to say you you, you know you play for the change. But it's one thing to say it, and it's another thing uh, to to do it. Now they all say it, okay, because it's a popular thing to say. You know, like you just throw that out. I just I play for championships. I don't play for the money. They say it, but how many people really, really, really do it? I've seen a few. I saw, uh, you know, I saw Jack Nicholas, and I've seen Tiger Woods, and and this John Rahm. You know, Tommy said he he's 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 another one. There's not many. He is 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 for sure a player that is in it to win. And he's done a heck of a job. You know, he he had a knock on him that he uh, got a little hot under the collar and it hurt his game. And, I mean, for first off, he was, you know, how old was he when they were knocking him like that? I mean, give 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 the guy a little slack. I mean, you know, he takes a – let him grow a little bit. He definitely has – He's got his golfing repeats. He hits it a long way. Big difference in his game is that he has he has been putting better. John Rahm, John Rahm's won forty four million dollars on the PC Tour. Oh boy, and no wonder he's playing for the wins. Anyway, but his statistics. He's 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 been a a top ball striker. His strokes gain statistics have been great. You know, T to Green this year he's third. But the big difference is the putting. And so far this year, he's tenth in strokes gain putting. Hey. I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my this idea of, what do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. 
It, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the juicy. podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport, and me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More than a movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get ready for Smart Money Happy Hour. Pull up a chair. It's the happy hour you wish your friends were having. Mix two money experts with some hot takes and a splash of nostalgia, and you get me, George Camel. And me, Rachel Cruz, talking unfiltered about what's going on in the world, pop culture, and how to afford a life you love. We're talking money, celebrity budgets, and my budget for my two French Bulldogs. It's a lot. (laughs) You'll hear it all on Smart Money Happy Hour. Listen on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now is is that a statistic that he can can keep up? Well, if he if he keeps up with that, you can just forget about it. He's going to kill everybody. I mean, look at these statistics right now. Tee to green third, off the tee seventh, approach shot to the green eighth, around the green twenty second, and putting he's tenth, distance he's sixth. I mean. How can you not win and win and win and win and win and win some more? I mean, it's just it's 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 hard to find a weakness. 157 from 50 to 125 yards. I guess that would be the next thing that he would have to to, to improve is his is his wedge game. But the putting has definitely been something that he has has made a drastic improvement in and that is the difference in his game right there they can talk about the ball striking all they want it's obviously so incredibly important i, I no no doubt about that 
But if you don't putt, you don't win. Last year, 28th in putting. Big improvement from where he was prior years, uh, year before that, 42nd. Year before that, he was 22nd. So, so John Rahm is, is, is really putting the whole formula together. He's been a pretty darn good putter. Not a great, great putter. But this year, he's putting great. And that's the combo that you have to hit. And not many people can come close to doing it. Roy McIlroy is a consistent, great ball striker. He has become a better putter in the last couple of years. Before that, below average putter. But the last couple of years, much better. Here he is back up there right near the top. Scotty Scheffler has become a very, very good ball striker. Fifth this year, strokes gained tee to green, but 93rd this year in putting. Go back to last year, Scotty Scheffler, tee to green, fourth, great ball striking, 58th in putting. And that's when he went on the tear, 58th in putting. So the year before, Scotty Scheffler, 107th in putting. So you look at, at the the top, top players, and if the top players right now are Scotty Scheffler, Roy McIlroy, and John Rahm, statistically, you have to look at John Rahm and say, John Rahm is the best player and is the player that if I was going to say, okay, who's going to win the most? I'm going to say it's John Rahm. One, because of his statistics. Two, because of what Tommy Armour told me about John Rahm. He's the player that uh, is, is... And it doesn't mean that, that these other guys aren't going to win a lot, too. But John Rahm just keeps... He's, he keeps wanting more and more and more and more. And that's a big factor right there. All right. Hope everybody enjoyed the podcast. Thanks for listening. Remember your Voodoo Pain Relief Cream... If you've got the uh, aches and pains, muscle soreness, joint pain, my product will definitely help you. So go check it out at voodoopainrelief.com. And hit the follow button on the iHeartRadio app wherever you get your podcasts so you can get the Hank Any podcast every day. Hope everybody has a great day. Stay safe, stay healthy. And we'll talk to you soon on the Hank Any podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. 
have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.